everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Genie's Lamp. We love it. You know what it is. You know what time it is. And you obviously already know what episode that you're listening to. So this is going to be why and when you should take days off from tracking. I want to bring this up because I've had a few people that have basically the best decision for them with their nutrition coaching that obviously they've been doing as a part of the transformation program. The best thing for them as of late has been, let's take a day or two or even a full week away from tracking their nutrition. Still going to the gym, still do everything as per normal. But the big thing that we want to do is get them away from tracking. So the first thing I'm going to run through is basically when you should start to look to take days off from tracking. So that obviously you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. But then secondary, we're going to be going through why I gave them no days of tracking. And then also the biggest obstacles that come with not tracking, because I know as soon as I just say, hey, don't track your calories, there's a lot of people that are going to be um, freaking the fuck out, basically, to put it bluntly, of just, I don't know what life looks like if I'm not tracking my calories and macros and all that stuff. Or if you do, it feels like a little bit of a blowout or it feels like it's going to be a bit of a binge. So we're going to run through all of that today. Um, I'm quickly going to, I'm doing these a little, little bit more off the cuff, but then also I'm writing things down as they come to me so that hopefully I can stay on track and not go through an hour of rambling over the same six things. So hopefully, you know that it's still going to be that. It's absolutely still going to be that. Uh, why to take, oh my God, why to take time, time off? Fucking turned Irish there for a second. When to take time off? Why? What's through? All right. I've already got this shit all written down, but I just want to make sure that I'm writing it. So before we jump into today's episode, I want to say a massive congratulations to everybody that did sign up for the eight-week challenge. We had 15 people that came through, and I can already tell that it's an amazing group of people, an awesome group of people. Already chucked in the first like, hey, and by the time you hear this, we'll be in week two of the challenge, but I've already chucked in, hey, let me know some questions that you're after, and the questions that have come through for the Q&A for that call that we'll be having have been absolutely amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited for the challenge. It's... Crazy how when we're at the start of it, like the first week or two or three, it feels like this is going forever because not from a coaching standpoint, but for people that are in it, because obviously they're living it every single day. For me, it's about delivering as much value as goddamn possible in that particular call. And I'm excited for it because I obviously work better when I have someone to bounce off of and when I have questions and when I have prompts, which is typically why when I do the podcast, I just ramble and talk a whole lot, whole lot of shit. So that's why I'm starting to write things down so that hopefully I can prompt myself to give better value. So yeah, challenge, going to be amazing, going to be awesome. So stick around for their results. Our Unfuck Yourself Transformation Program is kicking off. I have no idea what's happening, but we're filling spots at, I'm going to say the second highest rate that we have ever filled up our transformation program. There we go. I'm also recording this live on TikTok as well. So you'll be hearing that. I think that's going to be something that I'm going to regularly be doing because I had some people jump in last time. They asked some questions that I didn't get to, but I want to be basically engaging with TikTok at the same time, get some questions and then have that as a Q&A. If not, hell, it's at least fun to have up and around while it's there. So yes, the transformation program, the Unfuck Yourself transformation program, filling at probably the second quickest rate that it ever has. The first time was back in like November something, like not last year. When was that? 2022, I'm going to say. 2021? 22, I'll say. Anyway, you all know how much I fucking suck with time zones. With time zones. With time, just in general. So anyway, 
Uh, yeah, back in November of like 22, I'm going to say. If it's wrong, it's right now. That was when we had so many people coming in. That was when I started like sort of peaking on TikTok. And it was crazy. The amount of people that were coming in, I ended up having 57 people come in all at once. Burnt the fuck out of me. And yeah, that wasn't great. But now that I've actually run projections and said, hey, how much can Laura and I sustain for taking on a full load of clients and also doing the extra shit that we have to do for this year to get programs up and running. And then also the extra time that it's going to take to get all of that maintained and make sure that people are getting their results across everything that we're going to be launching. Uh, We can take on 15 clients at once each, which means we can take on like 60, but because of people that we've already got, like that's through the entire year. So we can take on 60 because the program goes for six months. However, With everything that is going on and our current books and current clients, we can only take on, you can can't even see it here, but on TikToks and all the stuff and Instagram stories and shit, you've been seeing all the post-it notes of how many spots we have left. We only have 35 spaces left for the rest of 2024. So I can only take on an extra three clients. Whoa. I can only take on three clients more currently, which is scary to think, but there are people that are finishing up in a month, in two months, there are some people that are finishing up. But at the moment, I only have three spots available for the Unfuck Yourself Transformation Program. Laura, I believe, at the moment has six. But she's filling up her books at an all-time record pace. Like, it is crazy. Like, every second or third day, it feels like. She's like, hey, have a new transformation client. It's fucking awesome. We're celebrating it like all hell. So if you do not get in by the time that my three spots fill or the time that Laura's, I think, six, it might be less. By the time you're hearing this, it might be less. Um, by the time those spots fill, then it is going to be a wait list and wait lists are a pain in the ass. They're good because you can get in early. You can start paying off the program. And obviously by the time we get into it, everything's already done. The finances are already done and it's fucking awesome. We can just hit go and obviously go and get you the results. But in the meantime, please do not miss out. We are filling up really quickly. I don't know when it's going to stop. I don't know if it's going to keep going. So please do not miss out get involved, get on board. If you want to join the wait list, fantastic, let us know. But I don't think these spots are going to be available for much longer, especially at the rate that Laura is signing up clients and people that are wanting to work with her for the style of coaching that she does. It's fucked. It's it's amazing, but it's like, oh my God, like I, I hope this keeps going and it probably will based on like the rate of inquiries that we're getting. But anyway, I'm going to stop there. Transformation program, if you want to get into it, get on it. Do not wait because spots are filling up fast. I'm just going to say that. So, going to have a quick drink break. So, this is going to be, first off, when to take time off from tracking your calories, macros, all that stuff. If you're a client of mine, then you probably already know most of the shit that I'm going to be running through. or You've probably heard it before, in which case it's going to be a good refresher for you. If you haven't heard it before, fantastic. Stay on board because you're probably going to end up hearing it when you work with me eventually. Or Laura, because we obviously have very similar mindsets. When you should be taking time off from tracking is to umbrella term it when you start to feel like shit, when you start to feel run down. The the more specifics of what we're looking for are basically six things. Mood, energy, hunger, sleep, recovery, and performance. For mood, when it comes to the mood and when you know that it's probably going to be time to be, to be taking a break from tracking your nutrition, when you start to become a little bit more irritable, when things start to get to you a bit easier, 
when you wake up in not the best of moods, basically when things at your baseline normal start to deteriorate from that, when people start to annoy you, when, I mean, for me, it's always like hearing people chewing and breathing. It's like, just stop it because I have this weird thing. But any hoosies, that's just me. Um, for the mood, when you start to get irritable, when you start to feel a little bit run down, that's moving into the energy. When you start to feel run down, when you start to feel tired, when you wake up and you're already tired, and if you don't have that first hour of the day, if you don't start to pick up, if the energy doesn't go up, and basically you're just lethargic all day, and you're just feeling like you could sleep another four, five, six, eight hours. When you get irritable, when the energy starts to come down, when the hunger starts to kick up, when you are just hungry no matter what, it's starting to feel like you have a bottomless pit in your stomach, when you are starting to get to that point, then we are considering taking a break from tracking calories, nutrition, or if you don't want to, this is another thing that I'll add in, if you don't yet want to take time away from tracking calories and macros because of things that I'll run through later and like what to look out for, what to look out for. Like I said, getting planned, writing shit down now. Um, like what to look out for, you can add a high day in or a maintenance day in, which I've already run through. Those of you who are listening on TikTok, you can already see that there's going to be a hell of a lot of, oh, sorry, that perceived failure spiral. When it comes to your maintenance calories, take a look at that one. I don't know how far down it will be by the time that you actually start listening to this, but the perceived failure spiral that I ran through on TikTok the other day, that's also a really good lesson for what happens for going to your maintenance period and can you gain fat? Can you gain weight? What happens when you go to your maintenance calories? That's going to be an awesome video to check out and it's already live on TikTok. You can check that out. So when hunger starts to kick up, when you feel like you've got a bottomless pit or it's just always feeling snacky in a way, it's the best way I can describe it, just when you feel snacky. Sleep is when you're waking up tired or you're starting to take longer to fall to sleep or you go to sleep at the normal rate, but you're starting to, if everything is as per normal, like weather and temperature and all that stuff in your room or whatever it is, if you've got the same routine and everything is as per normal, the thing that we're looking for for the sleep is can you stay asleep and do you get to a deep sleep? And yes, there may be other factors that come into this. There may be some other medical issues. There may be, for example, I'm sleeping like shit at the moment because it's too hot in my room. We've just started kicking the dogs out because they've started annoying me with how much they jump around and don't let me move. And then they trap me in and then it feels like a goddamn sauna. So kicking that out and I'm still getting hot at night. So Everything is as per normal, and obviously we're trying to eliminate as many variables as possible. If that is happening with your sleep, either trouble getting to sleep or staying to sleep, one of those two, and you're waking up not feeling great. Recovery is basically when you go to the gym or you do a walk or you do anything that's going to be any sort of physical activity. When you get to that point of the physical activity, the next day, how are you feeling it? Do you feel really run down? Do you feel like you're not bouncing back as quick? Do you feel like everything... The easiest example I can give is gym workouts. If they start to feel really heavy for no reason, and this is also another thing, particularly for women, the menstrual cycle in the luteal phase, like in the week before your period, usually if we're going off the 28-day average, the week before your period, it depends on how your period affects you individually, but we do have some studies that say in the week, oh my God, in the week leading up to menstruation, obviously the week of your period, usually about a 10% decrease around about there, a 10% decrease in performance or strength values. You can still lift the same. This is obviously based on the study. You can still, generally speaking, 
lift the same weight, it's just going to be, instead of it being like a rate of perceived exertion of eight out of 10, or how hard was that for you out of 10, instead of it being eight, that same weight may feel like a nine. So it's just going to feel a little bit harder, but it means that you can still lift the same weight. Obviously it's unique and it depends on how your cycle affects you individually. But those are the studies that we have and there's obviously more coming out even more. I have the itchiest nose right now. My God, it feels like there is a goddamn elf in my nose tickling me and running through a fucking enchanted forest and those forests are my nose hairs. Oh my God. But I don't have many nose hairs. Fun fact for you, cause I got a nose hair trimmer. That was so fun. Aren't we all just better people for knowing that I have a nose hair trimmer now? That's how I know I'm getting to 30. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> that's the recovery of it. And if you don't have elves running through an enchanted forest in your nose, then you're probably doing better than me. Performance, when you get to the gym and everything feels heavy. So if you're working out and things are heavy or you just can't lift the same, again, exactly what I just said for the menstrual cycle, you will have that deteriorated performance by about 10% or things feeling a little bit heavier in the lead up to menstruation, usually like seven to 10 days before and obviously in the lead up into. Um, obviously, if you have a menstrual cycle, that's going to play funny buggers with you as well. And it depends on what your cycle is for durations. I've worked with people who they have a 24 day cycle. They have a 28 day cycle. They have a 35 day cycle. Some people have 60, 70 day cycles. It's very unique and individual. And particularly because we get a lot of people signing up with PCOS and endometriosis and some people with adenomyosis as well. There's a whole lot of shit. It's so fun of figuring out what that type of quote unquote cycle is. So we're trying to figure that out and we have to work with that, but it's all good if we can track it. And if it is irregular, then we're just going to work with how you feel as opposed to basically a number on a calendar. That's what we're going to go with. It always comes back to how you feel. The things that I'm looking for, for when to take time off from tracking or when to introduce a maintenance phase, which I'll run through later, but at the moment, I'm just going to say when to like take a break basically from from a deficit. Jesus Christ, you can tell I'm not sleeping well. What are you doing, Lilo? You okay? She's all right. She's getting comfy. She's just getting comfy. So when to take that break? I'm looking for out of those six things for mood, energy, hunger, sleep, recovery, performance. I'm looking for when two of those things come down and everything else is going as per normal. For example, nutrition, workouts. I'm going to throw sleep in there in terms of the sleep routine that you have and the morning routine that you have. If everything is as per normal and you have been consistent with everything that's been going on, I'm looking for two out of those six things. When two of them become a pain in the ass or they deteriorate from the normal, that's when I start asking questions to be like, okay, what's been going on? Has it been consistent? Has it been this? Has it been that? And that's usually where I get people to take that break from tracking calories or to add in a maintenance day or a high day as they're typically known or a refeed day as they're typically done. I like to call them maintenance days or high days. I don't really like to call them, uh, I mean, it's not even like high day. It's the definition of average moderate day. So it's not even a high day because it does take you usually back to your maintenance. It's just higher than what you're doing at the moment, which is low. So deficit and maintenance, I like to call it maintenance, but I don't really like using the term refeed because it basically constitutes that you've been starving yourself. And while technically you have been under eating in order to lose the weight, I don't like what it does for the relationship of just like, hey, you need to have a refeed day because then it leans into like, oh, well, I need to eat a lot of food on that day. Where have a lot of people had a lot of food when they haven't been tracking, when they've been binging or emotional eating? So it's a whole fucking thing of words and how it's going to associate with you 
psychologically as well, or with the mindset that you have. I'm looking for two out of those six things. When they start to deteriorate, that's when I take a break. So how do you take a break? And I'm going to use a recent client example of this where I said, hey, let's take a day away from tracking and what she basically came up with and how she was feeling and how we, basically what I told her to do or what I'd recommend that she do. And it actually worked out pretty well. Got the message back from her a couple of days ago. She's obviously just had that day. It all went well. It all went pretty good. So yeah, obviously worked for her. It works for a lot of other clients. And I'm hoping that if you listen to this podcast and obviously, well, listen to this all the way through and you do it as well, it's going to work for you as well. So the, I just remembered I need to message another client that I can see their name sitting there taunting me to be like, Hey, I haven't checked in with you for, well, yesterday, even though it's 9am right now. So what did I just do? They're the things, <laughs> they're the things that I'm looking for, for when to take the break, but then also how to take a break. The first thing is, I'm going to run through this and then I'll get into why we took a day away from tracking for this particular client. How to get away from tracking. Track everything as per normal, but then let's just say Saturday. That is the most universal day for when people are going to take a break from their nutrition protocol, let's call it. On that Saturday, I want you to do everything that you would do as per normal, but we're not tracking anything. We're not tracking the calories. We're not tracking the macros. If you want to weigh your food, you can but you don't have to. The one thing that I want people to do is basically take that day as how can you still be routined or eat basically the same foods that you did without tracking it. If you're free pouring oats, for example, it's probably going to be a little bit heavier. If you're on the very conservative side, it's probably going to be a little bit less. But the thing that we're really trying to get into is you've basically had X amount of like six days or three months or four months or however long that you have been tracking your calories macros, hopefully that has given you some sort of sense as to what the serving size is for any particular meal that you're going to be having. So when we take that away from tracking, I basically want you to test yourself with how good are you at adjusting your own portion sizes when you don't have an external validator there like a tracking app or scales to be able to say it's this. Every so often I might chuck my oats or mints or this or that or whatever through a tracking app or through the actual scales, just so I know, oh, that's actually way more than I should have been getting. Whatever, you can track that whenever you want. But for this particular day, it is honestly just giving you the break from tracking that you need because we're trying to give you some sort of mental capacity back or mental load back. Take that day away from tracking and then for that night or lunch or whatever it is, have whatever meal that you want, whatever you feel that you need, not all the things that you are wanting. And this is going to be segueing into basically what to look out for. So if you're doing a maintenance period, like where you are tracking, but you just want to increase the amount of calories that you're doing, the easiest thing you can do, keep protein the same, but increase your calories by 500. It's going to sound like a lot. If you're not ready for that, do 300. But if you've got two out of those six things from mood, energy, hunger, sleep, recovery, performance, if two of them are coming down for absolutely no reason, you need the extra fuel that is going to be coming in, not only to make sure that your body can comprehend it, but so your brain can fucking function and keep you living and making decent decisions, not only, well, pretty much to keep you employed, to keep you living, to keep you doing what you're doing, to be able to make decent decisions through the day. If you're in a deficit for a long period of time, I can guarantee you won't have those mental you won't have those mental faculties. Look at me go. 
won't have those mental faculties or the mental capacity to make decent decisions. That's why it's good to have extra fuel coming in every so often. So for my client, why we took a day away from tracking for her was because I could feel that she was getting burnt out from the things that she was saying. She was saying that she was feeling bored, that she's not really interested with nutrition anymore, that it's just like, yeah, you know, it just, it is what it is. She also meal preps pretty consistently. Um, I don't know off the top of my head if she meals prep for the entire seven days, like cooks it all at once in one big batch. But I do know that on Sunday, she plans her meals. I don't know if she cooks them when she gets home. I think it's just lunches that she preps Monday through Friday. And then everything else is basically sorted for the entire week. She was feeling bored. There was no excitement with the nutrition and everything that she was basically talking about was how tired she is and how she doesn't have the motivation to do anything. And there was the initial conversation of like, oh, it could be a bit of a bit of sprinkling of depression that could be in there because that is a pre-existing thing as well. But the biggest thing that I was picking up was she's been in a routine for a while. She's been losing weight pretty averagely, like, like on average, she's been losing weight. Uh, she's been in that solid routine and she's just gone back to work because that's going to take up a lot of time and energy as well. And her sleep hasn't been that great. These things, all four of them, basically compounded and told me that it's time for her to take a break from tracking calories and macros. And the final thing as to why I said for her, it's better to take a break in terms of take a day off from tracking calories and macros instead of do a high day was because one of the biggest things for her that I picked up in that conversation was she's getting really sick of having to log everything. So if you're getting to that point where you're feeling sick of logging everything, take the day off from tracking. If you still feel like you need that tracking or that external validator, but you're knowing that you're needing a break from the calorie deficit, they are two different things. Take the day off from the calorie deficit. Oh my God, my fucking nose. Take a day off from the calorie deficit, but keep tracking and bump up by 500 calories. Seriously, this nose is pissing me off. I don't know what it is, but oh my God, it is crazy. It's going crazy. And it's not allergies. It's not nothing. Don't know what it is. If you need a break from the calorie deficit, meaning you're feeling run down, you're feeling all this, but you still feel like you need that external validator, track your calories and everything as per normal. Keep protein and or macros the same. Like the macros will obviously change, but keep protein the exact same. Get your protein in, but then aim for an extra 500 calories that's what we're looking for in terms of get to a maintenance period. This is, of course, general on average. I don't know what your particular deficit is. I don't know what your maintenance would be. This is me giving you basic advice. Most people are in a deficit of 500 calories per day because that would be burning 3,500 calories a week on average, which would be one pound per week of fat loss. And it also means you're probably going to be maintaining decent muscle as well because you won't be losing weight quickly. So those are the things that I'm, that I, oh my God, suggest to people when they take that off from tracking. But for this client in particular, it was basically she was burning out, she was getting bored and it was a massive pain in the ass for her to be able to continue to track. So we took the day off. What happens when people normally stop tracking and this is super common for this client in particular because she brought it up and that's why I'm talking about it now with you. Let me move my microphone. God damn, this is a very disjointed podcast. Um, what happens when people normally stop tracking is they blow out and they have a binge. They have that quote unquote cheat day. And it's not, it's not really their fault for thinking about it like that. It's just purely everything that they've done in the past. 
whenever a trainer or coach or any time that they've tried to lose weight, when they've said, yeah, you know what, just take this weekend, have a cheat day, do whatever you want, or have a cheat meal. It's basically like, finally, I've got that freedom. I can eat whatever I want. All the things that I've been missing out on, thank God I can finally have that, is basically freedom that we can have. We can do whatever the fuck we want with it. And we've got permission not only for ourselves, but also from the external validator, which is typically the coach, the trainer, the gym, the program, the whatever. So most times when people have had time off from tracking calories, it's usually been a cheat day, which is basically just that planned binge. And every time they've gotten to, for example, this Saturday, most people go, it's going to be fucking ham. I'm going to go off on everything. I'm going to get whatever I want. Most people usually skip breakfast or they've got something planned for breakfast that is going to be awesome. Those are one of the two things of just like breakfast, decent breakfast. I'm going to have pancakes and this and that. But maybe sometimes they'll do protein pancakes instead, but they'll just do a fuckload of them because they're not tracking. Uh, the second thing is most people usually skip breakfast because they know that they're about to have a big lunch or they're going out for lunch or they've planned some social events and they're going out for dinner as well or they're going to be ordering dinner in. Lunch and dinner, probably going to be pretty heavy on the calories. And they've planned all of that. They may go to the shops, they do all this and it's almost like a light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, thank fuck I don't have to do that anymore and I can just eat whatever I want. And that's typically what people have done in the past, which is why when I say, hey, take a break from tracking, people go, no. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. Because if I don't track, I'm going to binge. I'm going to eat everything. And then when people do that, obviously when they have that planned binge day, is I'm going to call it, when they have that planned binge day, is the guilt comes in, the judgment comes in, the shame comes in, everything about that comes in to be like, oh my God, why did I do that? I have fucked up completely. And it's usually because they've eaten too much and they feel awful the next day. So obviously if you've been around for a while, you know that I talk about how the gut has its own nervous system and that connects to our central nervous system, as obviously it would. But if you have an upset stomach, you're probably going to feel pretty anxious and upset. So that's why a lot of people that do have stomach problems or people that have high levels of anxiety have stomach problems because it goes both ways as well, like a fucking highway. If that is disrupted or it's not stable or it's not consistent or it's not basically helping you feel good, you're not going to feel good and you're going to have those perceptions of the world as well that, for example, you're anxious, your stomach is upset. When you have an upset stomach, you're going to feel a bit anxious. It's just the way that it goes. So that Sunday where they wake up, having eaten, having eaten, Jesus Christ, having eaten, whoa, everything, they wake up on that Sunday, stomach's upset, they're feeling bloated, they're not feeling great, and it's just an awful time. Mix that in with the nervous systems literally working against us to go, hey, that was shit, please don't do that again. That's, that's why your system is talking to you. When you have that short term of like, I'm just going to get everything I want. In the 30 minutes, the brain is awesome. And it's like, yep, awesome. We love this. Your brain is going to take a snapshot, which by the way, this is something that's in our July program that's coming up, Simply Happy and Healthy. Uh, neurological responses. Cravings and neurological responses is what we're going to be running through in that program. Um, when you have that window of eating something for the first time, if it's like KFC or HSP or whatever your comfort food is, you start indulging in that. Your brain takes a picture of that and goes, when we feel good, we eat this food. That's what it does. So anytime that you think of your comfort food, your brain goes, oh yeah, we remember that. And it shows you the photo that it took the last time that you were eating it because that's how it's got the memory and that's how we've got that neurological response to go, oh fuck, I'm not feeling great. Oh, I could probably go get this food. Because your brain is showing you that image to just go, hey, you feel bad. Last time you felt bad, you ate this and it made you feel good. 
to go and do that. It's like, yep, sweet, I'm just going to go do that. When you have finished eating that, if it's too much, you typically feel shit afterwards. And when you start to feel shit afterwards, that is your body literally telling you that was, that was too much. It wasn't good for us. Please don't do it again. And it shuts everything down because, yes, it has to digest everything that's there. But your body is shutting down and it's giving you these signals to say, please don't do that again. It was way too much. But we don't listen to that. We have the recency bias of, I ate this thing just recently and it was fucking awesome. When we're feeling terrible, it's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, just ate too much. We don't put as much weight into that as basically the self-soothing effect that we would get from the emotional cravings and leaning into those. So having that emotional comfort is going to be a hell of a lot more powerful as a memory instead of, well, I felt bloated and felt like shit after it, but God, it was good. We will have that as the neurological response, as the reminder, as the thing that we will fall back into when we have that response. So when we're not tracking, a lot of people do typically come up with that thing of, I don't want to, I don't want to not track because that's what happens every time that I do it. I tend to binge. I tend to eat way too much and I end up feeling like shit. They'll remember that. But then if I say, oh, don't, you know, don't worry about it. If I just do a shit coach and I just go, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Just have the day off, relax, do whatever you want and you'll be fine. That person will stress the fuck out for pretty much the entire day and then they'll eat whatever they want. And then after it, they'll go, wow, that was really good. And they'll repeat that exact same cycle. They'll touch base with me and say, hey, Trav, if you were to give that advice, hey, Trav, uh, yeah, it happened the exact same way that I thought it would happen. And now I feel like shit. And it's like, well, was it awesome? Did it feel good and all that stuff? Let's just get back into it Monday. Awesome to have that maintenance day on the weekend to give you extra fuel to decrease your basical, basical, I'm not doing very well today, people. That mental burnout it's good to be able to avoid that and to have the extra fuel coming in so that you're able to make those quality decisions. But when we get back into it on the Monday, what happens then? We have another five or six days of being at that deficit, of doing the boring shit, of feeling like hell, and we basically go, okay, well, let's get to the weekend then and then take that day off. And then we'll take that off from tracking and then it starts to very slowly repeat that cycle of, I only eat 1,200 calories. What about the weekend? Oh, I don't track the weekend. I don't worry about the drinks that I'm consuming or the stuff that I'm eating. So whenever someone comes to me and they go, I eat 1200 calories very consistently and I'm not losing weight, I go, no, there's no way that can be consistent. It's either going to be A, a medical issue, or they're going to be incredibly sedentary with the medical issue, or they're not tracking. And it's not their fault. There's a lot of things that we miss. Like when I'm not, oh my God, when I was getting first into calorie tracking, I was missing a lot. I was missing the sauces that I was using. I was missing the oils I was cooking with. I was missing the drinks that I was consuming. I was missing like, oh, the alcohol. Yeah, sweet. Like this is zero, um, this is zero sugar mixer. Fantastic. Use that with thing. Holy shit. There's seven calories per fucking gram of like rum or alcohol or whatever. Oh my God. I didn't know that. There's a lot of things that we typically miss. So when people come in and I'm like, hey, eat 1,800 calories or 1,700 or whatever it's going to be, eat this amount of calories. That also is the sources that you're using for this and that. If you go out for a meal, for example, and you have a, let's just say, cheeseburger and fries. If you're not used to tracking, people will put or search for cheeseburger and fries. If it's somewhere that is like typically regulated, like a KFC or a fast food place or a restaurant that has all their shit already pre-logged into it and you can Google it and put it all in. Fantastic. That's all there for you. 
if it is a street vendor, if it is something completely random or you're doing it off the top, you're gonna search cheeseburger, you're gonna put that in and go, oh, that was only 500 calories, that's fucking awesome. But that didn't account for the cheeseburger with the extra sauce, with the extra cheese, with the full sugar drink next to it, with the large chips that you've got as well. All that would probably come to like nearly a thousand calories. Who knows? But there's 500 calories that we're missing there. So you can go, oh sweet, I can have a cheeseburger and you know maybe small fries. Chuck it in there, it's only 500 calories. When it could be just 500 just for the burger. I'm not trying to fearmonger around the particular foods, but I'm just trying to let you know that what we tend to track is a best guess. And if you are not putting in like the ingredients of what it was, for example, like for the cheeseburger, the beef patty, that is still going to be a guess. We can assume that they're going to be using like 20% fat beef for that. So we can chuck that in there or grass fed beef. Like we chuck it all in, chuck the bun in, chuck the cheese, chuck the sauce as best as you can. That's going to give you a slightly more accurate reading than just cheeseburger or what I used to do was basically search for that cheeseburger, but then put in like 1.5 and go, nah, that's probably going to be like 800, 900 calories. So I'd overestimate to put that in there, which probably ended up getting me closer to what it actually was in the beginning anyway. So whenever I'm eating out, if I am tracking, which I'm not so much now, I always add on an extra basically 30% of calories. If it comes out to like 800 calories, I'll be like, yep, sweet. I'm just going to make that 1100 just to just as a buffer there, if I'm trying to lose weight and that's what I'm doing. So yes, a lot of people, when they take that off from tracking, if you're doing this with an extra 500 calories and you're at your maintenance phase, it's going to be a lot easier. But if you're not tracking, it's going to be a lot harder. So that's why we took the day away from tracking. And that's what happens when most people do tend to track. The thing that I told her, the thing that I told pretty much every single client when we take a day off from tracking is not to completely forget everything that you've done. Yes, we want to be able to stick to our portion sizes. My God, this nose is pissing me off real hard. And I don't know what it is. Any hoosies? Oh my God, if you can watch back the video of this, I'm basically rubbing my nose like every five seconds. It is, it is so annoying. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everyone, where Trav rubs his nose. So the thing that I want to tell people is instead of taking that day off from tracking or having it in your mind as a planned binge day or a cheat day or time off or freedom or anything like that, yes, you've still got the freedom. You can still do whatever you want, but I want you to turn the focus to the moment, to how do you enjoy this? For example, if you are to order a pizza, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use myself as the example here. Not too long ago, uh, it was like late last year, a couple months ago, my partner was out for the night because she was doing something for work. She wasn't going to be home until super late. So I said, yep, sweet. I need a break from doing everything. I'm just going to get a pizza. I'm just going to get a pizza. And that was it. That was all that was in my head. I'm going to have a pizza for dinner. Then when I was thinking about it, I didn't really want to have a pizza and just like, oh, I've had a pizza for dinner. I wanted to enjoy that as best as I can. I wanted that to be a moment for me where I could actually have the pizza and enjoy it and sit down and relax. Because when I, the reason that I wanted the pizza was so that I could relax, was so that I could wind down and just basically disconnect from everything. That's why I wanted the pizza. Because I was feeling run down, I was feeling tired, and that's my thing because it's just super easy, convenient, and I can have some for lunch the next day. So ordered the pizza, but before I did, I said, I'm going to make this as like as enjoyable and relaxing and disconnecting as I can. 
So left the phone on the bench and, oh my God, well, ordered the pizza first, then put the phone on the bench. Then got the couch ready, poured myself a drink, got a documentary finale thing that I really wanted to watch, got that ready and set it up so that the dogs couldn't annoy me. So I put the little gate around me. I set up basically like a, a mini comfort zone within my own comfort zone of my house. I set up a mini comfort zone so that when I had the pizza, I could basically sit down, relax, and just enjoy that moment. It wasn't about scoffing down that pizza because I could, because she was out, because I could have whatever I want for dinner without having to affect her nutrition choices. It was, I'm going to do this because I want to disconnect. I'm going to do this because I want to relax, because I want to do this. There was a completely different intention once I realized why I wanted the pizza. There was a completely different intention behind the food. And then I focused more on the moment instead of the amount of food that I was going to be consuming. Because if I didn't make that switch, I reckon I would have finished the entire pizza. But I got through half of it. I was so into the documentary. I was so relaxed. And the half of it went in the fridge for lunch the next day. Still ate the whole thing, obviously, across two days. But it's better than waking up the next day and going, holy fuck, I feel full. That next morning, I woke up, had an amazing sleep, and smashed a gym session. And I remember putting that on my stories to say, hey, this session was fueled by this, this, this. I woke up lighter. I, uh, my God, I had half a large pizza. I had a thing of rum. And I'm pushing weights like all hell, slept better, and I actually weighed in this morning less than what I was yesterday morning. And I remember that because I got a response from a client that I was working with at the time who said, this makes absolutely no sense to me. How the fuck does that work? And then obviously we ran through that to be like, this is how it works and why refeed days or maintenance days are super fucking helpful to have extra calories coming in so you can sleep, so you can perform better, so you can recover better, so you feel better overall, so you've got more energy. That's what having extra fuel means. That's why a lot of people come to us and they go, I have no idea how to fuel my body. No, you don't. Most people don't because it's basically been lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight at all costs. And when you lose weight, there's no, how do I get out of this? It's just, well, you know, you've done it. Fucking go back to all of your habits and lifestyle that you had before that led you to being overweight or wanting to lose weight in the first place. Double thumbs up. But that is the big thing for why we focus on taking days off from tracking, learning how to reverse diet, learning how to intentionally maintain your weight, not track all of your calories incredibly low and then hit a weight loss plateau and then think that the only way you're going to get out of that is by decreasing your calories and feeling stuck in that point. A lot of people have maintained their weight unintentionally because they've hit a fucking mental burnout point and they can't get themselves out of it. And they go, well, I'm maintaining weight, but that's not the thing for all of this effort of going to the gym, of going for the walks, tracking all of my calories and macros, weighing in every single day, mentally taxed and can't do it anymore. But hey, maintaining weight, we do, the, we do that extra step, the extra fucking marathon it feels like, but we do that extra step of helping people be able to maintain their weight in a way that gets them away from calorie tracking or they know how to go into a deficit. They know how to set their own maintenance calories. They know how to go into a surplus and build muscle. It depends on where they are through the journey, but that is the entire thing that we want to be doing. Can we get that in six months? Depends on the person. Depends how they react to everything that we do, but then we're still in touch with them when the program finishes anyway. So any hoosies, that's why we do that. What I want everyone to focus on if you are taking days off from tracking or if you are turning it into a maintenance day is to have fun with it, is to turn it into an event, is to turn it into something that is fun. Maybe invite some people over. If you really want to get pizza, invite some people over. If you're feeling mentally fucking drained, maybe don't invite heaps of people over. 
but do something for yourself that is just going to feel good regardless of what the nutrition is. Because when a lot of people go over their calories or there's a social event or there is something coming up, they tend to get stuck on what am I going to do for the nutrition? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What is this going to be? That doesn't fucking matter. What matters is creating memories and stories with loved ones while you've got them here, while you're here. We are not going to remember a particular number on the scale after the wedding. We are going to remember the wedding, the dress, the cake, the moment, the sunset, the photos. We're going to remember all of that shit. We're going to remember how the dessert tasted. We are going to remember, oh, this was fucking amazing. We probably should have gone with the chicken for Maine instead of fish because your fish was fucking amazing, but my chicken was this and that, whatever it's going to be. You're going to remember those moments and those stories in your life a hell of a lot more, and they're going to bring you more joy than neglecting all of it and restricting you from your lifestyle and saying, nope, can't do any of that shit, or I'm tracking at this wedding, so I really want to get under 80, and then I can, then I can have fun. That's, that's not a lifestyle. That's not what we're here to do for you. That's not what I want for anybody to basically cut out all the fucking core memories that they're going to be creating across their life to be able to say, yep, I woke up 79.8 kilos that next morning. Who gives a fuck about that? You're probably not even going to remember the number in like a month. Like what were you after the wedding? Uh, 79-ish, maybe like 80? I don't know. Can't remember. But you will remember all of the core memories that you have just made. So that's why I really want people to focus on enjoying the moment and being there with friends or families or loved ones or taking time for yourself. Something a therapist, well, my therapist said to me ages ago was if you can date yourself, that's what we're after. And I was like, yeah, sure, doc, like fucking date myself. Good one. He's like, no, if you can take yourself to the movies and be okay with that, we're on the right path. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And I did it randomly like a year and a half after finishing that particular lot of therapy sessions with him. And I was like, oh, holy shit, that was so peaceful. I got to sit down. I got to order what I want. No one distracted me. No one sat next to me. I just got to watch the movie that I wanted. And then I drove home, played on the computer for a bit. Like that whole day, that whole moment was like, oh, shit, this is peaceful. Is this what he was talking about? And my head wasn't as loud. The thoughts weren't as loud because it was just here, just enjoying it. Just be like, "Eh, I want popcorn. Like I was just in that moment without even realizing it. It was just, I want to do this, so I'm just going to do it. It's what it it ended up being. The lead up to that was definitely, holy fuck, I'm the only one here. People are going to make fun of me because I'm here by myself. So that that was a whole fucking thing in itself. But when I was there, just before I got there, it was like, no, I really want to go see this. I'm going to do this. It was pre Beth. I was like, I want to go see this. I want to watch this movie. I just want to sit down with some popcorn and just chill. And it's what I did. When people are typically worried about going over their calories or macros for anything, a little bit of bonus episode here for you. It's not the fear of missing out of that food because we live in a day and age where you can order whatever the fuck that you want, whenever you want, you can drive and go get it. Stores are open later than normal. Like you, if it was about truly missing out on that food, then you would go get some then you can either have it, but you would be able to answer the question, can I have this later? Could I come back tomorrow and get it? Could I do it next week? Could I order it from my phone? Could I have it at the door in fucking 30 minutes? Yeah, you probably could. So what are you actually missing out on 
when it comes to not making that decision with food, being like, oh, I'm going to go over my calories because here's a social event because I, f- I feel like I'm going to miss out on that food. You are not going to miss out on that food. What you are going to miss out on and what most people are typically feeling in that moment is the fear of missing out of the moment of being with friends because eating as a community is one of the things that we can do for inclusion, for feeling like a part of something. You eat dinner at the family table, makes you feel like you're actually a family. You eat dinner across from someone, it makes you feel more connected with that person. If you eat dinner side by side with someone while watching TV, you're going to feel slightly connected with them, but it's going to feel like a moment that you can share. When everyone else is ordering food, you feel like you have to order food because you want to be a part of that group because you don't want to miss out on being potentially connected with that group in that moment. You don't want to miss out on sharing that moment with those people because they may be friends, colleagues, family members. They may be people that you actually enjoy being around. And if you weren't to order that food or you were to do something or you think if you were to do something different and not order the food that they're getting or order something that, you know, is healthy or sticks to your diet, you feel like you might be the pariah. You feel like you might be the outsider and that you don't have anything to really talk about. You may feel isolated again. You may feel alone again. Even though if we look at the situation logically, if we look at that, obviously from an emotional standpoint, we will deal with that when it becomes an issue for that person. But when we are looking at that moment logically, are you really going to be isolated from ordering something less or something that's going to make you feel good tomorrow morning or from ordering something that you actually want to eat instead of what you feel pressured into eating? Are you going to be an outsider if you don't order anything? Are you going to be an outsider if you just sit there with a bottle of water or like a no sugar can of Coke or Pepsi Max or some shit? Probably not. You're probably still going to be able to have that conversation, still going to be able to connect with them, still feel a part of that community. So you're not going to be missing out on the food because you can get it whenever the fuck that you want. And you're not going to be missing out on that moment because you're still there with those people. You can still sit there and talk to them and have that moment and basically be with them. So you're not going to miss out on anything really, but we feel like we might miss out if we don't do that thing by ordering the food or the drink or going to that social outing or indulging quote unquote in whatever moment that it's going to be. But we're not really going to miss out on anything. When it comes to not tracking that, we basically take that as, cool, I had this moment. That's it. Keep tracking everything else as per normal for the meals and, oh my God, for the meals and everything. When clients check in on, I'm just going to use random numbers. When they check in on the Thursday with me, it might say like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It might have 1,500 calories, 1,500 calories, 900 calories, 1,500 calories. I look at that 900 and go, what happened here? Why was that so low? And they go, oh yeah, that was when I went out for dinner with so-and-so. I had this and this and this. It was awesome. And I go, sweet. As long as you found the protein and felt happy with it, there's no regrets and you're feeling okay with it, I'm totally okay with that as well. And then in my head, just obviously me being the coach up the other end, I go, okay, well, that was probably X amount of calories. Chuck that on there. It's probably going to be some fluid. Let's see what the weight does over the next week. Boom, it's still coming down. Fantastic. Don't have to worry about a single fucking thing. Keep doing what you're doing. That is a really healthy relationship with food that we're trying to build. And sometimes people can get there by adding in high days. Sometimes people can get there by taking out an entire day of tracking altogether. Why we take a high day is going to be, or why we take a day off from tracking is going to be super important. It's basically the intention behind what we're doing. So when you should do that, or when you should take that day off, or when you should add in a maintenance calories, are basically when either two of the six things 
mood, energy, hunger, sleep, recovery, performance. When either of them start to deteriorate or they start to come down and everything else has been pretty consistent, when two out of six of them start to deteriorate, we start asking some questions and say, maybe we should consider taking a break from the deficit. If you are feeling two out of six are deteriorating, but you still want that external validation and mentally you have the capacity to continue to track, it's probably going to be better to add in some high days, maybe two high days per week. I used to have mine on Thursday and Saturday. Most people typically do it on a Friday and Saturday, and then there's their back-to-back high days. If you don't have the mental capacity to be able to track your maintenance, then we take an entire day off from tracking. Do everything as per normal, like breakfast, lunch, everything as per normal, but take your dinner or your lunch or whatever it is, turn it into a really fun and enjoyable moment and make the most out of it so that you can enjoy the experience of actually having food because I don't want you to scoff shit down and then go, cool, I could really do some more. But then five minutes later go, oh, holy fuck, it's hitting me now. Now I'm full. I want you to experience the food. One thing that I always say to people, it sounds stupid, but it usually ends up getting the point across is I need you to respect food because it has so much fucking power. And if people go, oh, I just can't stop eating because I love food. It's like, yeah, you love it, but you don't really respect it. It's like if I loved someone a lot, but every single time we met, it was just having sex. And when we didn't have sex, it would be like, well, the relationship's gone now because they're not showing me love. It's like, no, you have to respect them and their wants and their needs. And basically the story that that is telling. So you may love them so much that that's what you want to do. But there is another party involved here that you're going to have to have that conversation with in order to respect them because both parties are going to have or going to tell a story. Both parties are going to be involved in this in some sort of way. When it comes to you and your love of food, yes, you love food, but if you keep abusing that and if you keep having way too much of it, yeah, we're not respecting the power that it has. And the power that it has can literally change our entire bodies and lives and energy and mental health. By focusing on improving our nutrition, we can help the symptoms of depression, anxiety, ADHD, like there is so much that comes with the nutrition, but most of us don't respect the power that it has or that it holds because we have that neurological snapshot of, I need emotional support right now. I don't know where it comes from. It's quick, easy, convenient. And most people have done that for most of their lives of leaning on food for that emotional support. So we have that snapshot of doing that. But then that also means, well, we don't really have that respect of food of what it could mean and what story it could be telling and just the power that it, it really has. It may sound a little weird, but I hope it got the point across. But yeah, nutrition is super powerful and we need to respect the shit out of it because it can literally change our lives. I have seen it with all of the fucking clients that I've worked with across my life. We get the nutrition sorted. A lot of their problems start to go away. They start to feel better mentally. They have better sleep. They have more energy. They start to move more. They spend more time with their kids. And because of all of that, they've got more energy. They're doing amazing. And they just seem to be brighter and glowing and lighter in life. Boss goes, oh, yeah, we need someone to take up this project. Why not have this new promotion? Or, oh, my God, I realized I fucking hate this job because I'm way too happy now. And I was just doing it because I was depressed. Go get a new job. Get a pay rise. All of that started with, oh, maybe I should do something about my nutrition starting to feel unhappy. All of that started with nutrition. So it has a lot of fucking power and it can change your life. If you feel like you're going to take that day off from tracking and that you're going to completely blow up or have a binge day or have a cheat day or whatever it is, 
reframe it, shift the perspective. How can you have fun with it? How can you enjoy it? How can you turn it into something that you really want to do in that moment so that the food is not the entire focus of it? That moment and enjoying that is the focus, but it just so happens to be that there's food there. That's what we're wanting to do. I believe that is everything. I believe that is everything that we have run through. I'm taking a quick look at TikTok to see if there's, hello TikTok people. Gonna take a quick look to see if there's, man, fucking heaps of people joined. It's crazy. Alrighty, no questions on that. Loving it, fantastic. Um, and for this one, I did not wait enough to be able to get people to ask questions through the Discord community, but I'm gonna take a quick look now. Nope, there is nothing in there. So if anybody does need me for anything, feel free to leave a comment on an Instagram post or TikTok, DM me on Instagram or TikTok, or if you really wanna work with us for the Unfuck Yourself Transformation Program, like I said, we have 35 spots at the time of recording left for the entire of 2024. I have three left and then Laura has six left again at the time of recording. So please get in quick, don't miss out because otherwise you will go on a wait list. And personally, I fucking hate wait lists. I'd I would just much rather get people in. And I know that when we start a wait list, I'm just gonna be like, no, I'll, I'll push it. I'll get you in there. So yeah, get in as quick as you can. Um, and yeah, don't miss out. It's all gonna be awesome. Stick around for the eight week challenge, feedback, testimonials, stories, all that fun shit. But yeah, I hope this helped. If it did help in some sort of way or you got value from this episode, please consider leaving a like or a comment or sharing it or reposting it or leaving a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever it is that you listen to it. A simple like can go fucking ages. A 30-second review can help bump us up the charts to get somewhere. We're not looking to be viral with this podcast. We don't market it. We don't sponsor it. We do fuck all clips of this on uh, TikTok. We don't take heaps we're looking to do more of it because obviously more content, the better. But this podcast is obviously for people that are ready to change their lives and willing to change their mindset and people that are basically like you. We're here. We're ready. We're listening. We want to improve our lives. And yeah, we don't really care about the virality of it. So any sort of like, comment, share and everything to get that out because we're not posting heaps would mean a lot. And uh, yeah, if anybody needs anything, let us know. Go through the website if you have any questions, but we will see you in the next one.